Maybe that's a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? He's gonna be late again. Sam, is this true? You gonna be late again, you fucking moron? Baby, slow down, man, all day. I can't help it. When I'm around you, drive me insane. Hey! Hey, wait, that's my car! Hey! Fuck! Hey, don't get shitty with me. I'm just doing my job. Next time, don't park your car in the middle of the road. I'm sorry, it's just been one of those days, you know? He's your friend and you don't even like him. <laughs> Fair enough. I just used him to get close to you. Officer, your fat ass back here again, I'll kill you! What the fuck? Oh yeah, I'll do it. Give me the money then. Ooh. Not until I hear him scream. Ah! 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 Fuck you, bitch! That's bullshit! You can't see him! <laughs> All my life, I've been treated like shit. By everybody! <laughs> Kicked around. Ignored. <laughs> But me? Why was it you? Everybody gave a fuck about me, see? And fuck that! You know what I learned today, Chris? I learned that life's a bitch. Life's a bitch. Let me down! Open up the place. Are you threatening me? Nay, my bunghole will ask the questions.
Bell, Bell, Bell. Good morning, Detective Bailey. And how are we this fine morning? We are doing wonderful, thank you. <gasps> I remember that. Has it been 20 years already? Oh, hon, you wouldn't remember. That was long before your time. That was one mean bastard. What's got you so interested in the sanitarium? It's not that I'm here to judge you, sir, on the way the case was handled. I'm just curious as to what your side of the story is. The body was found at the scene. The missing nursing student. It's like the whole case just dropped off the map. Got forgotten about. What brings you here today? I was wondering if you had any information about uh, Catherine Taylor. Information? She was a nursing student. They never found her body. Like the other ones. All I know is that she was a very lovely girl. Was? Well, it's been 20 years. I think we can safely assume that she's dead, can't we, Detective? 20 years ago, one of my deputies was on patrol. Spotted a young, half naked woman running down the middle of the road. Screaming hysterically, telling some wild tale about being a prisoner, tortured. She said she was taken to a dark room underneath the sanitarium. She was stripped naked, raped by him. Fan hit me up and said that her relatives or caretakers are the place or something, but she set it up. I want everything to go smooth. You guys worked hard. You guys deserve a break. And this video could be the start of something big. What do we have here? Fan? Yep. Well. Oh yes, yeah, she is. She's so excited to meet you. She's your biggest. You are spending the night and leaving tomorrow. Dr. Graves here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to eat you.
the fuck's taking this prick so goddamn long? I don't know. He should have been out here by now. Uh, well, well, Mr. Big Shot. I'm sorry I'm late, Dick. I had to count my drawer. Uh, that's Mr. Dickerson to you? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's what I get. Stop! Stop! What the fuck is your problem? What the hell's going on over there, huh? No fucky sucky? Oh, shut! Shut the door, Tiffany! Bitch! Wait, wait, wait! What about my promotion? You just fucked your promotion! Hey, Tips, need a ride? Looks like we found your boyfriend's house. Dick, it's almost time for dinner. I'll be right there, honey bunny! Hey, we're gonna need Snaggle on this. Get Snaggle on the phone now. You what? You need who? Give us about ten minutes. Then send her over. Yeah, get some skank over! Bugger, we're not in the house yet. Dickie Jr., you and Violet get down here right now. We'll be down in a minute! Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Inside Movies Galore. I'm your host, David Stregi, and here in the room with me, I have HMNM Films uh, d- uh, dire- uh, directors and ri- uh, writers Daniel Murphy and Tom Commissar. Uh, welcome to the show, and also um, uh, in the room, we have um, Cameron Scott with us, too, from... Uh, Quattro Ventry Scott Productions. Welcome all. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, from what I understand, you uh, you have a new film coming out. But before I get into that, uh, why don't I uh, I ask? Um, uh, I'm going to start with you, Daniel. Um, um, how did you get involved with the uh, films, and how did you meet this crazy guy over here here that you're with? <laughs> Uh, when I moved over here, guys, it was like 98, I think I came here. A few years after that, I started like a horror movie website where we did interviews and reviews and that type of thing. And then we expanded into independent film and we had like a little division for that. 
And that's kind of got me what got me into that. And then I just started writing a couple of ideas and ended up kind of going with the one I thought might be the easiest one. And that was in When You Die. And that's kind of how I started in a, in a Okay. Hello? Uh, you went out for a moment. Dan, you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Uh, hey. uh, <laughs> 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 Dan, hello. We're going to have moments like this. So, um, so ultimately, you uh, got into your first film project. Uh, from what I understand, it was called And Then You Die. Why don't you tell me how you got involved with that project? And um, um, Tom, were you part of that project? What happened, that's basically when I met Dan. I, I was the guy that always wanted to make a horror movie. And I finally decided, you know, hell with it, I'm going to start writing. So I started writing that first, and then I had some ideas, and I was just kind of looking for somebody that, you know, was making movies and stuff, and I kind of stumbled across uh, in the Indiana uh, Filmmakers Network thing that I saw this cool picture of, uh, turned out to be Chuck Smith, the actor who plays Sam Wallace, and then Then You Die, and Dan was just starting that movie. And I looked at that picture, and it's like Sam was all bloody and that. And I go, and 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 then I saw the title, and then you die. And I clicked on it, and then I kind of was looking up stuff about Dan. And I go, oh, these these guys seem pretty cool, you know. He's he's just doing his first movie, and I wrote him because he wrote a thing in there that uh, he was looking for some music, some original music. And I used to play in a band a long time ago, and I had a bunch of old punk rock tunes and that. That I just said, hey, I'll send you some stuff if you want. And, he goes, yeah, I know something. I sent him some music. Started that with music, and he picked a song for, and then you die, and then uh, we just kind of started from there. Like he, he, he was doing that movie. I, I, I wasn't involved with the movie, but then uh, I sent him uh, after that. Um, you know, that's how I sent him my first script I wrote called Night of the Dolls. It wasn't the first script, but the first feature I want to do. That's how we got started, and he liked it, and that's how we got together. But. Uh, I met him right when he was starting to film, and then you die. That's how we hooked up. Okay. Uh, let me go back over uh, to uh, Daniel for a moment. Uh, Daniel, uh, how did you get involved, uh, involved with uh, uh, um, um, And Then You Die? And uh, um, how, did it, um, how did it develop? Well, I guess, you know, just coming off of um, working on the website and just Seeing what was out there, I just started coming up with my own ideas for just some, you know, movie, just some movie ideas. And the Mummy Die is kind of loosely influenced off of some things that have happened to me, I guess you could say. But it's basically uh, about a guy who's just had kind of rough their things and ends up having one big last shitty day before he snaps. Um, but yeah, so I started working on that. I was in a theater group a local theater company because I wanted to get back into acting because that's kind of what I went to school for. <clears throat> and I met a guy there. We were doing a show called 12 Angry Men. And I met a guy called Chuck Smith. And he's the guy who plays the lead Sam Wallace. So I kind of put you know that together when I met him there. So that's kind of how that started. Okay. But that process took about three years. It took me a couple of years to get it written the kind of way I wanted it. And then when I started doing it, I didn't think we'd get much of a response. But um, you know, being in Indiana, it's it was bigger than I expected, apparently. Okay, and uh, how did you go about and um, um, 
how many how many days was your film shoot? Uh, uh, could you? I guess where we did how we did it was we filmed it in chunks over various weekends. Yeah, just everybody's schedule because the cast was pretty big. I guess for, you know my first go at things, but it worked out. We ended up doing it. I think it took. God, I want to say it took maybe eight or ten weekends to get it done, to get it filmed. And we had to do some reshoots because we had to change some locations and stuff like that. But yeah, it was it was like eight eight to ten weekends. Okay. And uh, how um uh, where where was the film filmed? It was all made uh, here in, in Indiana, kind of in I, I'm in a town called Winnemac, but there's okay. a few surrounding towns that. You know, people just really wanted to help out. So if I needed a place like this to film, you know, I needed a place like this. Like, a lot of people were really, like, you know, eager to help, which was really nice. It was just, I didn't expect that um, around here. So, yeah, it was all just in this area. Okay. And uh, how was the film's, how was the film's <laughs> turnout? As far as the response? Yeah. Yeah, we had, like, a little, just a small town kind of premiere here at the local theater and that. Was for the first couple of nights, it was got a good response, just being you know local film. But then we had, we do have a really good cast in that movie too. So it just it's kept it's somehow it's kept attention with people and um, just a lot of people that we there was you know everybody has their favorite, but this one seems to be a standout for for some of them. But I don't know, it's relatable. That's that's what I think. And from what I understand, the film was picked up uh, not too uh, recently from uh, 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 somewhere, correct? Yeah, it was, um, we had one of our other movies get, get picked up by a company called uh, Wild Eye Releasing, and they kind of wanted to check out some of our other stuff, and we, they, they picked that one up too, yeah. So that's just, just recently, like that's happening right now. Okay. Cool. Um, and then ultimately, uh, after uh, and then you d uh, uh, die, you uh, went about with uh, uh, Tom Commissar here, and uh, you uh, went and directed uh, Night of the Dolls. How uh, um, how did that film? Um, how did you uh, get involved there? Well, yeah, as Tom said, he kind of just reached out to uh, to me. I had got an email from him one day, and. Kind of, he had his plan of attack laid out. Like, here's the story. He had like pictures, kind of showing me, you know, how he envisioned it to look and stuff like that. And he had kind of people picked out who might want to be in it. And he was definitely prepared. So I met with him. And we met with a red lobster <laughs> and we talked about it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was just like that. Was that. <laughs> That was pretty much it. I mean, yeah, yeah. that was, that's, uh, all right. I mean, still to this day, still is my crab legs. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> so, um, um, now how did you go, uh, go about finding your cast? Uh, did you, uh, uh, did you have any problems, uh, finding people to, uh, well, yeah, yes and no. See, I started out at first not expecting to be able to get people like, Who's going to really do this? I'm like, so I started to kind of just bring in people I knew, just friends who I thought might work for it, you know, and we're just going to work. And that just was not, you just can't do that. Maybe one or two of them will stick around because it's fun or they, it, it might interest them, but if it's not what they want to be doing, they, they will just kind of 
you know, go this go the wrong way. So I had to try and find some castle. I put it out in a couple of places, some Facebook groups. There was a website called IndianaActors.com, I think, is where I got a couple of them from. It's actually where I got uh, RJ Seacott from, Lindsay McIntyre, and then ultimately that's where I found my church as well on there, who originally was going to be somebody else that had to drop out. So. Yeah, it's a whole different cast to start with, and I say it took a few rewrites as we changed things, but yeah, it was a long time to get it to where it was. Alrighty, so uh, ultimately, um, uh, did you have any returning cast members from your previous film? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a handful of people that we work with that we love working with that give us you know, 110 when they're here and they're passionate and they enjoy it. So it's like, why not keep using these people that just love this as much as we do? So yeah, we've definitely used a lot of people over, like Chuck Smith, Lindsay McIntyre again, uh, RJ's come back for stuff. And then again, we've met other people like uh, Eric. Uh, we've used him a few times. Eric so, yeah, we like to keep... Yeah, it's good. I like I like to just keep using so because we can also then push them to try and you know be this character or that character and uh, it's, it's like the family kind of grows. You know, like we had Linda Schrader and like you know and and, and uh, you know just other people in the movie that we end up they just like you know we can count on them. You know, we can we call them up. Hey, we're working on this. And, you know, they are they here. We're working on a movie and they want to be in it. And each time we do a movie, we get. A few more people kind of become part of the HM&M Films family, and it's great because they're right, they're always there, and they're so reliable, and we love them, and, and you know, and, and it's fun to work with them. And we got this nice big family of people that are that turn out to be really good actors, and it's really it's really pretty easy to cast stuff because we got a lot of people now. It's it's working out good. Awesome. Um, now, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, the uh, Night of the Dallas? What is its concept? Well, I I always had a kind of like a I always wanted to do something kind of like a little bit like the Scooby Doo or the Monkeys or something like you know like a something to do with a band you know and I mean Scooby Doo isn't a band but like a van you know people and a bunch of cool kids going out somewhere and but but have the band as like the center of attention so I wanted to do a, a like an all girls punk band. And I thought that would be kind of cool, and then have their friend Lenny, who Eric Rain played, you know, uh, uh, and uh, he's the guy driving the van, and you know, he's almost kind of like the the, the Shaggy, you know, and uh, you know, and have just like have him kind of, you know, the horror movie, but it's kind of like the really it's a story about these guys that all love each other and are kind of going out on the road, and and the concept basically is they, there's this cool sanitarium that they're that they've heard about, and they want to go film a video for one of their songs. So what we did was actually record four original tunes for them. Um, for the band, we made up a band called the Lolita Dolls, and uh, and cast the girls, those four girls, as the actual members of the band. And a lot of people at first thought it was a real band. We used to get people to write, they would write, say, "Hey, you know, we like these songs. You know, because Dan, you know, put them up on the web, the, the songs, and, that. and they, they were getting gigs, like offers for gigs, you know, and it was, it was funny." You know? Don't you remember yeah. Tom Harry got us put on a radio show because it won a contest on the Bubba, what's his name? Yeah, the Sponge. They actually, they were playing uh, bands um, that they, that you know, like, like little demo tapes of bands and stuff. And, and then they were kind of doing a thing where they were kind of, a lot of them they were kind of making fun of. 
but they really liked the Lolita dolls. And they actually got all the Harry, and they wanted the Lolita dolls to come in and perform in the studio because <laughs> they thought it was a real band. They're like, oh my God, you know, it was like, it was so funny. Like, oh, I wish you girls knew how to play. We could get you over there. But, but yeah, they, they thought they were a real band. That was pretty fun. But, you know, so basically it was, it was kind of like a road movie with friends. You know, they're going out, they're kind of, you know, they're, 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 you know, the chemistry between them had to be right, and everybody was just dead nuts on you. I mean, they just they all loved each other, and, and they all just, like, really seemed to, like, it's like they all knew each other for years, and so without it, it was real fun to film them in the van, and all the shenanigans they got into, and the fights with some other people, and, and then, you know, they had the stuff with the music, so it was, it was fun, because we were filming, like, these fake music videos with them, like you would a real band. And it was like really cool. And then we had these cool, we had a cool, uh, you know, our cool, our villains in there were great. We had a good backstory to it. So when they got to the sanitarium, you know, it got real bad for them. You know, it, it turned into a really pretty, pretty gruesome, you know, horror movie, you know. And it was, all the fun times were over. These kids were in trouble. You know, and it was, and it was, and it was you know, it was a fun movie to do. It took a lot. It was like a million degrees. It seemed every weekend. It was like the same thing with And Then You Die. We did it over several weekends, but, uh, it was a lot of fun, and it was a good experience, and it was my first movie, and, and you know, working with Dan, who'd already done one, it was nice to have somebody you could really count on, because he, 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 was, he was great as a director, and I really, it was a lot of fun for me. Awesome. And uh, how was the reception for, uh, uh, for you two after you, uh, you guys uh, brought it to the uh, horror film community? Well, I thought it, it seemed, you know, people seemed to really like it. You know, it was like, you know, I mean, it, you know, it was, it wasn't like some big movie or anything, but I mean, you know, it was the people, the people that like it really like it. You know, they, they really think it's a good movie and they had a lot of fun and they liked it. And, they, and so it was, it got a pretty cool reception in the community. So it, you know, it's, it's, it, it, you know, I, I, I was happy with the fact, you know, our, basically our first movie together and, and, uh, and, you know, it's got a fan base, you know, it, you know, like I said, it's not some big old huge movie, but I mean, like the people that like it really like it, you know, and they, and they like to watch it. And yeah. uh, so it's, it was a good experience, you know. That's I think Night of Dolls, we had a couple of screenings of it in Cincinnati, a couple here in Indiana, and it was at, I think it was at two festivals, one online, one, and, but yeah, the people, like he said, the people that, it's just another relatable movie, like the characters are so relatable that you can't help but not find one that you like in there, or at least two. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And then ultimately, you two got into uh, the first House of Horrors. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, how did you guys? Uh, how did you guys create that concept? <laughs> well, it's kind of a long story. Straight out, kind of like a me farting around with some mass in my house. This is like I, it was a concept I had quite. I've had for quite a while. It was just going to be something I wanted to do really cheap. Like okay. What would happen if some some crazy guys just went around, drove around in masks, and uh, and like and it was like a, like a, and just and you were filming with a camcorder and like doing almost like found footage type of stuff, you know, like you were filming. Just of course it would be all fake, but it was to make it look like you're just driving around and killing people and beating people up and stuff. And it was just something I had in the back of my head. And then I, I brought it up to Dan one day. We wanted to do something that was just kind of fun but cheap like with a small cast and a camcorder and just have some fun over a weekend. And I had these masks that I'd bought and, uh, and, and, and I had them already, you know, and, 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 and kind of the basic idea. And then once I 
rolled it out to him, he was like, you know, we just start brainstorming. And they said, yeah, why don't we do this? Uh, we could do a home invasion thing. We could do this. We could use. So we ended up using his house. And, and we guess, so like you said, we had RJ, you know, from, in, you know, he he was back in the mix. And, and, the, and the girls. And it was it just kind of really, we, the original script was actually, was going to be more almost like a, almost kind of like a, like a more standard, like a slasher type thing. We were going to come and do all this stuff. And then actual people in it was more like an actual movie than what it ends up It was thanks to one guy. I'll let Tom keep telling you it. Well, it was thanks we just we had some uh, scheduling issues with a couple of the girls. They couldn't be there at a certain time, and we had we were going to do this like real quick. You know, like okay, and, and it was like okay. So it was like at the last second, literally. I'm not I'm not kidding you. Like like the early morning afternoon of the, the shoot we said why don't we just do this why don't we you know like dan had this idea of like why don't we just do it? like he's gonna he's gonna do he's gonna make his own like he's just some punk kid with a camera and he's gonna make his own porn uh video and he's gonna t- like kind of con these girls into it and like so and then so literally, literally literally he he got a hold of rj and he says you're just gonna come and basically this is the premise and just come in and just make this, make it up. We're going to wing it. <laughs> so we went there and it was in, like, so he just kind of had an idea. And we had the girls and the same thing with them. We said, look, this is the situation. You're on the, you're being, you, you've, you're answered an ad that you're, you're going to be in a porn video. Shit, and, then, and then, and then, and then RJ is just going to roll off and he's going to have, we're going to set the camera up and he's going to interview you guys. And then what's going to happen is during the interview and then we're going to bust in. And, you know, as the clowns. And then so he starts interviewing him. And he's really, all that dialogue is him just making it up on the spot. And he was so creepy and such a shithead. And I'm sitting here trying, trying to hold my laugh. I'm in the background going, this is, I couldn't ask. This couldn't have been scripted better. I mean, I was like, my God, he's brilliant. And the girls were going right along with him. Like, oh, well, I don't know if that's going to be, I, I need money to do this. And, you know, they're just going along. And they're making it up. They're, so they get as much credit as him. But he, he, they follow out his lead. Well, it became, you know, I mean, really great. All, all four of them. I just, I just love them to death because, uh, you know, that was uh, Lindsay and, um, and, uh, Mayella, uh, and, uh, and, and, uh, Lynn Trader at the time. And those are, those are the three girls. And then, uh, uh, and then, of course, uh, RJ. And that, that, like I said, that was all a bunch of improv. And it started the movie out, and then, it, you know, it, the night went on from there. We got dressed up in our suits. We went in there, and, and it and it got gruesome, and it got gruesome quick. And it was, we did some weird stuff, man. <laughs> I imagine so. Uh, so, ultimately, um, uh, how did how did the perception for uh, uh, supports have a reaction uh, 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 to the public? We needed kind of different people for that one because we, when we were talking about what we were, it was going to be, we wanted to do. He was talking about the reception. Like, yeah, we wanted to do really, really, really crazy crap, kind of like you know, just get it as crazy as we can and then kind of make fun of it at the same time. So we we didn't think it was going to be for everyone. We knew that ahead of time, so we went ahead and just kind of put it out there and. You know, places that wanted stuff that was more extreme or a little more different or a little more, you know. So we started there, and then I, it just kind of took it just took off. 
it, I don't, I can't explain why it did because the whole time we know what, you know, these movies are and they, they're, there's a lot of thinking that's gone into them. So there's a lot of death to them, but they just look like, just kind of like Tom said, a handheld shitty movie, but, um, we yeah. had we had some online reviewers like you know the black people were saying they were saying you know what this shit is pretty fucked up and it's not for everybody and they, so so you're you're you know we're warning you right now you know they, this is pretty sick and that we loved hearing that it was like and some of the guys some people were kind of like I don't know man you know and that was cool too because it was like that was who actually wanted like you know it's not a Disney movie it's, it's just it, it is what it is it's just. We wanted to make something sick with a camcorder and, and cheap and just right. like gritty and but have a sense of humor too. You know, with the clown honks when we pinch a nipple. You know, that was the stuff we did to make ourselves laugh. But it's <laughs> like, you know, if you did it, if you like it, cool. Some people didn't like that stuff. They're like, nah, I mean, it's stupid. It was like, some people just, you know, fart noises, you know, and stuff. You know, it's like, it was just, you know, like we, it was tongue in cheek. Like, it is brutal and that, but, you know, laughing too much at some of the stupid shit in it is what makes it, to me, is what makes it, you know, is good. You know, not just, you know, hardcore, the whole thing. It's the jokes that make, you know, make it funny. It's, we're making you laugh at shit you shouldn't laugh at. <laughs> right. right, yeah, that's it. Well, you know, and like, there is that kind of hardcore off audience out there that, uh, where where people will will just watch people torture people and, 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 and it's for fun, you know. So ultimately, after this uh, film, because it was such a hit, you guys did a second one to it. Correct. Yeah. And to add to the kind of level of extreme, we also included uh, Nurse Hatchet too, and she has some segments in this which kind of bring it to a bit of a different level on its own um, but yeah the response from this was crazy and we just basically used that response money from that response well, that was money. Quick, just to give nurse hatchet uh mary uh give her some props on this we were like yeah. music i i, I kind of found her online and i originally wanted her to play england and had night of the dog but she was busy and she was busy with her music and she just looked, her image, she just looked so wicked in her nurse stuff. And But she's great. She's got this really cool techno metal music that's just balls to the wall. I mean, it's badass. I love it. And so Dan dug it, too. We wanted to use some of the songs. And she, she and then she goes, hey, I got these cool, like, video things I'd like to do for it. And that's when we came up with that. That was That's her stuff. You know, that was her idea. And she sent it to yeah. us. We go, fuck, man. We'll do, like, we'll do, like, an intermission. And put her dance video shit in where she's walking out and it's like you no know, blood all over her and she's dressed all dance all sexy. We're like shit, we'll just do that and put that in it because it's so cool. And, and so that's how that. So she, that's her. That's all her creation and her. That's her. Um, uh, you know, her, you know her, her, her addition to these movies it was very. Uh, that's all her. Ended up having some cool marketing uh, uh, stuff to go along with these uh, films, with the trading cards and, and oh, yeah. sh shit like that. That, uh, that would, uh, uh, would you, you know, you'd be able to get it with the film or uh, whatnot to, uh, at the time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Let me do it. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Man, they, people were like, "Hey, send me a, a nurse, naughty nurse Nina card. Please make sure that's in my order, or whatever, you know." And like people are like really, they wanted, you know, they the cards were fun, you know, because people really were getting into them, and they they look cool, you know. I mean, Dan Dan did all that. That was that was he put all that together for with pictures and everything, and it was awesome. I mean, it was it was fun. It made it fun. 
you're going to get these trading cards in the mail, you know, with your order, you know, and it was fun. You could collect them all, kids. You know, and it was just, it was just fun. It was just a fun marketing thing, but, you know, it was just giving them away, and it was, it was, it was cool. Awesome. Uh, now, uh, why don't you uh, guys tell me a little bit of a rundown of House of Horrors 2 uh, while we're at it. Gosh. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we didn't really do another one, so we, we, so, um, we had, uh, we picked a house that was uh, uh, our original uh with Paul. And uh, and uh, we were going to use this house, and, and we had this concept all pretty much. We wrote it, you know. We talked about it, kind of brainstormed, and then and then you know we scripted it out, and uh, and we filmed a few things beforehand with like the thing with um with Kay uh, with the uh, with with, with the uh, with the baby stroller and all that, and we kind of did a few things ahead of time and throwing baby in the air and doing the shot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we kind of did some of that first, and then we did the main thing, and that was pretty crazy. We had, uh, you know, we were doing a weekend at uh, his house, and uh, I don't know how far I want to get into this, but uh, uh, his wife was away for the weekend, and <laughs> didn't know totally what all we were doing with the girls at the house and all. I mean, we weren't doing porn, but I mean, it was pretty crazy. So, you know, she thought it was probably a little bit more than it was, but we were, but I, you know, I don't think she wanted that in her house and that didn't go over too well, but uh, we, we, we had some things, we had to do some rewrites because uh, one main character couldn't make it at all. So we had to like change some stuff. And then it was in the end with Dan being such a great editor, <laughs> we made it work, but it was, we had to like piece some stuff together because it was, it was fun. It was crazy, but it was, Probably the craziest thing that we've ever done as far as the circumstance we're under and then having to get out of the house because, you know, wifey wasn't too happy to hear about all these girls at the house. And, and uh, it was, uh, it, it was, it was, it was good. It'd be fun because we, we did it very similar to, to House of Horrors 1, you know, with that, we had the same kind of thing. We're coming to the house to bust, you know, uh, you know that. You know, we added uh, a few upgrades, surveillance cameras, and then Skanko's right. had a camera in her head. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, we didn't do Skanko, which is Lindsay from the uh, from uh, the first one. We we yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm kind of missing a lot of stuff here. We turned in, we turned her into Skanko, and when she became one of the family, and we had the Dan had the idea of let's make her eye a video camera so we can have this video camera bird's eye view and eye, which is obviously, you know, him walking out of the camera, but it's, but he makes it look like it's coming from her eye. And then, of course, we use Father Nelson as a perv. He's got cameras planted around. Oh, this is our way of planting cameras. There's a reason that cameras in this house. So then we got the girls running around screaming and we're chasing them and killing everybody and uh, and all kinds of stuff. And, but it was cool because we had, we had, we had all these clever little ideas to put these cameras in this house. Because uh, and so it gave us ways to film without just being one camera the whole time. So that's how that's how that concept came out. And that worked out really good. I mean, it was fun. It was it was <laughs> pretty wild. Very cool. Yeah, that that movie, as far as its response goes, too, is uh, it's our biggest selling movie of everything we've ever done. Plus, yeah. it 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 got into somehow it got into a film festival in Paris called the Sadiq Master Film yeah. Festival. Yes, it did. And they wanted, they got a hold of us, and 
they showed it there like on a Saturday night in Paris. I mean, they really were like really into it. And that, that definitely, that movie is crazy. Is the backstory is how it came out. The actual movie itself, yeah, is very popular. Like, like people really like this movie, and it, it was, yeah. He's right. It is our best seller. Hey, I mean, tell, him about, like, tell him about the gang of French clowns and what they did. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh my God, that was awesome. <laughs> what they did. We got this thing. They actually, the, the there was a bunch of uh, actors over there who went together and they did they did this like mockumentary thing on their own where they did this thing where they're talking about the clowns, us. Like, in this thing, like, and it was, like, really cool, like, these are not real clowns, real clowns, with the, you know, like, and they're, like, busting our balls, like, just, like, you know, like, and doing this. They're all just shit clowns, don't they? And it's all, like, they hate us yeah. for ruining clown business in France. <laughs> like, the premise is, we're such shitty clowns, we're ruining the tradition of being clowns, and we are nothing but shit. You are shit. And they're doing it tongue in cheek. They're, doing, they're not doing it to make a fight. They're doing it because they're they they're playing along with the with the premise. So they they did this whole mockumentary little video uh, in class. You know, it's talking about how you guys are nothing. You are shit. You are garbage. You are ruining the tradition of being a clown. And they're doing this and they and they're and then they're interviewing people. And they have this one guy doing like an American accent. You can tell he's French. But he's like going, hey, yeah, man. And he's like trying to be like, you know. And uh, they do this whole, and it was like they sent it to us. We're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, you know, so we use that in a thing. In fact, we do want to do this at some point. It, it's easier said than done. But we want, we have this, we have an idea for House of Horse 3 where we want to go over there and actually fight them. Like, we have a whole story where they, where they kidnap. They kidnap Shaggo's sister. Shaggo is obviously, uh, that's Dan. They, they kidnap her, the, his sister, um, and she's from England. They go and get her, and they take her back to France. So we hear about it in America, so we go there to take them on, and we're going we're gonna to fight them and get his sister back. And, and, you know, so we got, we got a really cool idea. To do this, we just haven't, you know, we got to go there because we want to film it in, in actual. We want to go to France and film it. Yeah, they, they want to do it. They're, they're up for it. Well, it's really important. They want to do it. We figured we probably had done it already, but it was just, you know, things come up. You know, we, we didn't have the money to do it yet. We had other projects that we already promised that, that we were getting started on, so we, 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 we didn't get around to it yet, but it's still there to do. And, and you know, so we, we you know, go over there hang out in Dan's home country, you know, in England, and then shoot there, and then go to France and battle these guys, these clowns. You know, the, the, you know it's, it's going to be good. We want to do it. We, we probably, hopefully will. But, uh, but that's, in the, that's down somewhere down the road. But that's, that, that's going to happen at some point. Well, yeah. Eventually, I think in between uh, Blood Moon River and House, you guys started do, uh, doing a film called Skull Butcher, uh, which you guys kind of put on the back order for uh, for the, uh, the time be uh, being. Did you guys want to talk about Skull Butcher at all? Or? Well, um, I think we can say a little bit about it because it is something that we want to come back to. It is already pretty much been written into some kind of a trilogy. There's a lot of stuff we already have for this. We're just not... We're just not ready to, to make it what it needs to be, what it deserves to be. Um, because the character behind the Skull Butcher characters, it's just all really good stuff, but 
we're just kind of, I think the time's not right yet for it, and we're just kind of waiting. Uh, what do you think, Tom? Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. We'd, we'd filmed an opening scene in it, but we had, we had a lot of scheduling issues, too. And then we had some issues, just some other, just some of the, just some issues where we couldn't get things lined up at the time. And it was like, okay. And it was like, all right, you know what? Instead of fighting with it, let, let's put it on the back burner for now. We've got the script. We know what we need to do. And then we'll get back. It was just one of those, we just had to, we just had to put it on the back burner. Even though, um, you know, it's a fantastic script story. And we're, and we, and, and it's, it's basically, you know, he's our slasher. He's our guy. You know, we want to do this, you know. And, uh, and, and it's very exciting, but like I said, it just, sometimes it happens, you know, you, you know, you're getting, sometimes you can't get things scheduled out right. And then it turns into more months and all oh, we got to push it back to next year. Then you end up not being able to do it. And then, so you just kind of, that's just it. You just, you have to put it on hold to a later date. And then, so you start on something else that you can get done. That's basically yeah, what we're, we're finding out the hard way too, is that a year is not, it's not as long as it used to be. When you make movies, a year just kind of just goes yeah. by. Uh, but also, too, David, we've got, I mean, I say we, I mean Tom, we've probably got, I don't know, six other scripts that are probably fully done and written that we just mean to, to make one day, but other things just happen and develop faster, and that's just what you got to go with at the time. So right. we've got stuff exactly. going for probably 10 years, but I don't know if we'll last that long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after uh, after I uh, started hearing about uh, about news of Skullbusher, that's when Blood Moon River campaign came out. So uh, oh my God. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about how that uh, began and developed? Oh, that's a weird one too because it was like, okay, this is going to sound absolutely crazy, but I'm going to say it anyway. Blood Moon River kind of started out as a as a a, a dream. I had a dream one night, and I woke up and like, hmm, that'd be a really cool, that'd be a really cool movie. And it's, I don't know. I guess it, it's a found footage. Uh, we did it with, in a legit style where the cameras that they use are the cameras that we use. Like, there's a pair of camera glasses. We really used them. There's a cell phone. We really used it. Like everything we did, we had to really use. Um, we didn't fake any of it with one camera. We just had a style we wanted to do. So it's basically, it was, it, the original concept for it was like a werewolf Blair Witch kind of thing okay. um, with some twists and stuff. And then as Tom and I started building on it and it just kind of turned into something else and then right at the end it kind of twisted into something else. So it, it just kind of was a silly idea. Like I say, we've got all these scripts, but this thing just came out of nowhere and we, when, when that happens, we yeah. come up on three hours and it turns into something and that's what we do. That's how we go with it. <laughs> it's the same thing, Mike. That's exactly how we were talking about it. was like, he, he, Dan called me up and goes, dude, I, I, gotta, I gotta tell you this idea. Because I had this crazy dream and he tells me the idea and then so immediately it was like, you know, we it was kind of like these things you just, it, it hits you and you go, oh man, you know, we gotta do this. Like, like so we just start like brainstorming and stuff and it becomes something that it was like so easy just to get it together. Like we had this idea, you know, he, that he, and then he and we just kind of game stormed, wrote the script, had the story together, got the people together. And we just, it just seemed like it was almost effortless. Like everybody came together, we had a couple of stumbling things with some, we had to change a few things up, but all of a sudden 
you know, it was like this thing was just there. Like we didn't have any problems, you know, scheduling in it. It was like we had some cool locations out in the woods and one of the, and, uh, you know, you know, and it just became and everything just everything just fell into place, and it was quite easy to, to you know, from post pre production, it was just it was it just turned out to be one of those things. It was just even with a couple of things in the beginning, and we had to change some cast members. It, you know, it turned out to be nothing that couldn't be dealt with quickly. And it just turned out all these things. It was just a cool idea that turned into something real quick. And it wasn't, you know, it was it was one of the funnest, coolest movies I've, I've ever been involved with. I mean, it was really great. You know, it was fun. Then. Awesome. Which is how we met Cameron, who's hanging out. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was say, that was the Ray uh, and Tatum and Films. Which I, I, I want to thank you, Cameron. For being impatient here, I know we're going through uh, through their uh, uh, their their filmography, and I know you're just uh, 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 sitting there uh, there. But, but how did you uh, uh, how did you meet up with uh, these two clowns? <laughs> well, I met up with one one clown in particular, um, Tom, uh, is how I uh, came into knowing uh, Dan. We were actually both working on a film in Tennessee called Nightblade for the Lost Bastards crew, Jim O'Rear and Scott Tuberman. And uh, we were roommates. They had us rooming together at the hotel, and Tom was acting in it, and I was acting in it and doing a little documentary work, you know, behind-the-scenes type stuff. And, you know, and on, on these kind of films, you know, you kind of got to be a, a jack-of-all-trades, so I was just doing a little bit of everything behind the scenes to try to help out. And, Tom and I just became buddies. We uh, bonded over Steel Reserve beer and uh, bad shark movies. We were watching yeah. shark. Uh, well, I'm uh, I'm gonna. He's just kind of bonded. Well, Cameron, uh, you don't mind if I jump in here and uh, start asking you qu uh, questions about uh, about oh. your uh, filmography here. Uh, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, sure. That way we can get uh, get uh, kind of. Lead it up to uh, to the film that you guys are involved with. So uh, so, uh, as long as you guys are okay with that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Don't forget about Slaughterhouse. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> uh, um. Now you, um, Cameron, you're in charge of Quattro Ventri Scott Productions, correct? Yes, Quattro Venti Scott Productions. That is correct. Awesome. Uh, so, how did you get involved with uh, uh, filmmaking yourself? Um, how did you? Uh, how did you? You, you eventually get uh, get uh, the uh, inkling to uh, become a filmmaker. Well, I've I've been a horror movie fan since I was uh, knee high to a pissant, to be honest. And I've I've been a writer. I've always been a writer, first and foremost. And it, it just became. An idea when I was a, a, a teenager and in my early 20s, it was, you know, I was never going to sell a script, the idea, and I had no idea how to break into the business. So it was just a matter of saying, okay, I'm going to turn one of my scripts into a movie. It's the easiest way. And, and just, I started, you know, making little student films and whatnot, but I really uh, owe it all to um, my first start is um, I got to be friends with a very famous uh, screen queen named Linnea Quigley, and I'm sure that's a name that we all, we all know. But uh, she invited me to a film set, and uh, it was in Indiana where I was living at the time and where I grew up, and it was only about two hours away, so she invited me to set. And I really got bit by the bug. Uh, the, the filmmaker 
that was uh, uh, directing, writing, producing, doing all the work on the film, Solomon Mortimer, invited me to come out and help. And I, I you know, it, uh, much like Tom and Dan said, you know, you shoot a lot on weekends. So I came out, kept coming out on weekends and helping film, you know, doing little acting bits and doing behind-the-scenes stuff and effects work. And eventually I moved into his recording studio and lived in the recording studio for quite a long time. Awesome. And then it just, uh, you know, became, you know, it just evolved from there, you know, after Linnea invited me to set, I just, I was bit by the bug and bought myself my first camera and started making my first short film and uh, started developing uh, a script that I had written many years before called Postmortem America 2021, which was my first feature film. And it became this... It became a monster. <laughs> it, it took five years to finish, okay. and uh, it, various weekends over sp springs and summers, and uh, you know, and it, it, it's kind of one of the same idea. Like Dan said, you know, you get friends to help out, friends come and go, but then you got to really start thinking about hiring professionals here and there to, to to help you finish something like that because it takes a certain it takes a Certain crazy SOB, uh, like the three of us, <laughs> to get films made, because <laughs> not everybody can hack it. But, you know, and I, I became friends with several people in the business, one of them being uh, Jim O'Rear, who's a very accomplished stuntman, a writer, producer, actor, director. And he invited me to come out and help with the uh, the Nightblade shoot. Um, I was doing documentary work, filming behind the scenes segments for films, which I also did for the Blood Moon River film. I remember Nightblade coming out uh, because um, I was friends with Chad Armstrong for uh, quite a, f a few years, but uh, so, uh, whatnot. And I remember Nightblade coming out. I just was not able to get a copy of it at that point in time. <laughs> so. It's actually getting uh, an international release. Uh, uh, it's um, coming out, I think, through Wild Eye releasing. It's going to be coming out in, uh, pretty wide in uh, October, I think. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's how it happened. And, you know, um, I, I got to be roommates with Tom. We, you know, start talking about our passions for, for filmmaking and whatnot. And lo and behold, a couple months later, I get a, you know, uh, a message on Facebook and a phone call from Tom saying, "Hey, you know, we got a we got a role we want you to play," and they wanted me to play this uh, nef nefarious character <laughs> called Junior in uh, Blood Moon River, and you know, our uh, kind of working relationship just blossomed from there. And then, you know, uh, did a little more acting work for them and. House of Horrors uh, 2.5, which was a lot of fun. Uh, that was actually probably the most fun I've had in one weekend of filming ever. I get to play a character called Marty, the nosy neighbor, and and without giving too much away, but, you know, I've had a lot of fun nights on on shoots. You know, I've had a lot of fun times, but that was probably the most fun weekend I've ever had. Now I'm just going to mention three titles here, and then you can just tell me what uh, what um, uh, 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 what you want to talk about from each of these uh, productions: The Collective, uh, Graveyard Blues, and Exile. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about each of these projects? Well, the actually Graveyard Blues and Exile were both parts of the collective. The collective okay. was put together by uh, Jab Pictures, which was is a, co a collection of 10 filmmakers, each making 10 different short films 
eight or ten minutes long, and based off the same idea, there'd be a one-sentence synopsis or a one-idea synopsis. And I am only missing one from that collective anthology thing. <laughs> Which one is that? Which one are you missing? I'll help you out. I got them all. <laughs> I have. Uh, I'll have to go, uh, go and look ba back at it, but uh, but I'll have to message you out, uh, afterwards or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you. Up. I'll hook you up. I have them all. <laughs> but um, Graveyard Blues um, was my first short film. Uh, first well, first completed short film. But we all have those ones that have never quite gotten finished. But Graveyard Blues was a black and white film that I did, and uh, I, I, I tend to shoot in black and white quite a bit. Uh, Postmortem America was in black and white. But it's uh, my kind of answer to uh, Edgar Allan Poe meets H.P. Lovecraft about a, a nun, a kind of a girl that's a in a religious sect on a uh, pilgrimage to kind of find a uh, an evil demigod. Okay. And uh, Exile was is actually the the one movie that I've or one short film that I've done that actually won an award for best short film. I forget the competition that was because it was so many years ago. But um, it's actually a, a group of friends that I just got together with one professional actress that I hired, Michelle Shields, who I've worked with several times. Uh, it's just about a, it's like a kind of homage to Halloween. And actually, uh, her character was Dr. Samantha Loomis instead of Sam Loomis, so we named her Dr. Samantha Loomis. And it's kind of her last night with a, uh, with this kind of, Again, I use the term nefarious character. This a serial killer that is uh, in his last night at the asylum, and you know, films like these things just go terribly wrong. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a horror movie. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, now, ultimately, you started talking about postmortem America twenty twenty one. Why don't you tell me a little bit of synopsis about that, and then we'll get into Crocodile Chronicles uh, as well. Um, and then we'll go back over to uh, uh, the boys here. Well, uh, Postmortem America, like I said, was uh, was something I wrote when I was in high school. And at the time, it was called Dead Souls. And then uh, by the time it sat on the shelf for so many years, uh, several people made movies called Dead Souls. So I renamed it Postmortem America. It's a black and white zombie film. It's heavily influenced by uh, Italian horror movies, uh, westerns, and crime flicks. I, I never knew if I was ever going to a chance to make another film. So I wanted to put every little thing that I loved about films from, you know, the badass crime figures, fast cars, muscle cars, beautiful women, zombies, Blood, gore, you, you name it. I wanted to put every little aspect of filmmaking, films that I loved, into one big conglomerate of a film. And uh, it started with uh, it starts in the end quickly, but it has a ton of like genre people, and it. it's got Joe Winecoop from the Truth or Dare series. Is again, it's got uh, Jim O'Rear in it. It's got a, a Michelle Shields again, who I worked with. It's just a lot of scream queens, and just it was a blast filming, but. I would not suggest that anybody spend five years <laughs> or, or longer trying to make a film because it, it'll give you a lot of gray hairs and take a lot of uh, years off of your life. But it was still a lot of fun. I, I always said, you know, people ask if I went to film school, and I always say, no, I didn't. Postmortem America was my film school. I learned everything of what to do, but I also learned a lot of what not to do. Yeah, I feel you there, buddy. That's an end you die for me. <laughs> Just yeah, you don't need to go to film school. Just make a film, write a script, make a film, and you'll you'll learn everything that you need to do. But you'll also learn a lot of what you don't need to do. Uh, and you will either a, it or b, never do film again. 
Yeah, and we're we're crazy, so we keep doing it. <laughs> uh, so ultimately, you you got into uh, 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 and I remember the campaign coming out on this. I just wasn't able to jump in on it myself because uh, I was I was producing a Russell Massacre at the time. So um, um, uh, and I just went ahead and t- uh, tell me about uh, the Red Crocodile Chronicles. How did that come about? Well, actually, it was as I had uh, was near finishing postmortem America, and a friend of mine had told me about this crazy real life thing, a real life epidemic that's overseas uh, called called this drug called crocodile or crocodile, as I think I was properly pronounced, but I always pronounce it wrong. But um, it's this crazy drug that, that that people actually use over there, and it, it, it'll kill you, and it'll kill you first time out. It's this, they call it the drug that rots its junkies from the inside out. It causes just horrible, horrible things to each other, and he showed me a couple articles, and he's like, I think this needs to be your next movie. And after reading it, I'm like, this, this freaking terrifies me. I'm like, I think it does have to be my next movie. So I wrote it as an anthology film okay. with five different s- stories. And uh, I ran a campaign which ultimately ended up failing. It, it made like 8% of, of what it needed to. But it was just enough to shoot one segment, to shoot the opening segment. So I thought I what I... Ultimately, wanted to do to try to still get the film made was to make the opening uh, segment of the anthology and use that as a kind of a catalyst, you know, to maybe try to raise the funds to finish it. Um, unfortunately, what ended up happening within a few months after that is, uh, long story short, um, I had a s- series of heart attacks, which actually led into uh, the film that we're working on with HM&M, which we'll get, we'll get into deeper then, but it kind of put everything on hold until I can properly get behind the camera again, kind of get my strength and my health back where it needs to be. But yeah, unfortunately, uh, my health kind of fell into the toilet, so to speak. But I'm sorry to hear about that. Uh, that Daniel was telling me a little bit about that. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you're pushing on. And I'm glad that these uh, gentlemen here uh, are, uh, are making a film to, to make a comedy about it. Almost. <laughs> well, it, it was inspiring. It was actually uh, Tom who put the idea in my head. We were just talking one day about home health care and my, uh, you know, nurses that have to come three times a week and, and check in on me. And it, it, Genesis, from one one line that Tom said, you know, I, I actually had said to him, I go, well, at least my home nurse is cool. And he actually said to me, he was like, I've got a question for you. Well, what would you do if she wasn't cool? And I'm like, and he's, he's like, there, there's an idea there. There's a film idea there. And he's like, you're the one to write it. So I, I, I hunkered down and in about, gosh, guys, what did it, it take me? About four weeks, three, four weeks, I hammered out the script. And it was like a month. Like I mean, it was super quick. I, we're, yeah, absolutely. What's interesting is I remember reading a ghost story about a lady in white that, that, that was like a nurse that visited, that visited hospital patients. And I, I think they died like somewhat afterwards. So, uh, so I'm wondering if uh, if there's some kind of concept that goes into uh, to you know somewhat similar to that concept that uh, plays in the mind with your film. Well, it started really. It, it was it was kind of like, well, what if like because he was having you know Cameron was you know talking about too about certain issues with. 
his health care coverage and stuff like that. And so it was kind of like, well, what if, like, there was some organization that was sending out, like, these nurse death squads that were coming out and they just, like, needed to get rid of people that were undesirable and they wanted them off the, out of the system. And they came out to your house and they just fucking killed you. <laughs> you know, like, what if they came in, like, so we thought, we'll get these, like, really cool-looking, you know, hot nurses that would just come over and they're like, hey, they're like this assassin squad, you know, nurse assassins. <laughs> and they were just like, and, uh, you know, they, but they were just this, this gang of, you know, these people were coming out and they'd come and they were, and they were just basically coming out and just eliminating and terminating people to get them off healthcare. And then, you know, of course, Cameron was like, dude, run with it, you know, and he, you know, he was just like, he, he knew, because he'd been kind of, you know, he'd been basically living through it for several months. You know, it was something true to his heart, uh, you know, you know, in more ways than one, you know what I mean? Like, he needed a lot of that stuff, so I, I think that's why he got through, it came out of him so quick, is because it was just there, it was a passion burning in him, and we knew we had a good story, and it was, it was fun, and we could get, it could be funny, you know, and, you know, it's a horror comedy, I mean, it could really be gruesome, and, and, and it's, it's I, I know we weren't going to get into this right now, but this, this script, when, when, it, when he wrote that and, and showed it to us, it, we, we, we immediately, Dan and I were like, this This is the next film we need to do. I mean, that was what, I mean, we need, that's how much we love the script. I, I mean, I couldn't believe it when I read it. I said, dude, this is a fucking fantastic film. Before we get into uh, uh, to talking a little bit more about that, I'm going to go back uh, uh, backwards a bit. No, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, as uh, as you were talking about Slaughterhouse before. Slaughterhouse came out as part of the House of Horrors, as part of like a half story too. And uh, you also did an anthology, kind of like a double feature kind of thing. Yeah. It was originally, Slaughterhouse was originally, what it was is when we were putting together the, the anthology, which we was a snuff-themed anthology. We wanted to do the, sh the six short films, and we were originally just going to make, just because the clowns were presenting it, we wanted just to make a short film to go with it as a bonus. But when then Tom, being Tom, wrote a fucking another epic story with him, so it'd be turned into like a bigger thing, and we made it more cinematic, and we broke the fourth wall, adding like a cinematographer character into this one, making it look more like a movie. And it ended up being too good to waste on a short, so we made it a feature. <clears throat> and then made it a half movie, because we've got the concept in mind for part three. So, uh, yeah, it, another thing that just grew from nothing again. That movie was, in a way, very similar, like, with the, with the feel... Of when putting it together, it was very streamlined and easy to do, like Blood Moon River. I mean, we got the idea, we got the cast, we got this killer cast of people, we got, you know, the house, you know, the couple of houses to work with, and we went, and uh, and then, you know, the we actually, um, you know, a stand trailer, you know, uh, and, uh, and Trisha Clark um, were in the, you know, the actors in it who are also, you know, um, uh, boyfriend and girlfriend. He had had an RV, um, and so we worked that RV into the story. And it was, it was just one of those things where, you know, we had Cameron, you know, as Marty. You know, we had you know, and and uh, and, and then we got uh, Amber Burns. Uh, just uh, she. It, it, we got to get into that basically how that came about with her. 
Um, <clears throat> that just happened to be online. Harry McCain, I, Dan could probably explain this a little better. It just started out as kind of a, is uh, is kind of a um, it was a thing where she had mentioned something about wanting to be a killer clown or something like that, and he'd mentioned something, and next thing you know, we were deciding it'd be it was kind of cool. Like, hey, why don't we, you know, like her into a as one of the like, how do we work her into the story as a as one of the as another female member of the killer clown clan, and, uh, and that's Dan can kind of explain that a little bit, but more. Go ahead. Go ahead. Dan? Sorry, yeah, sorry, I cut out a little bit. I walked away too far from my router. <laughs> we're, basically, we're, we're basically explaining how uh, we worked Amber into, uh, you know, got her into uh, yeah, yeah. family. And, uh, she, she basically had come up with, we go, why don't you come up with your own character? Like, what do you think? And she, had, she already had the character idea for Heavenly Holly. <laughs> Um, and and, and uh, <clears throat> so we took that and kind of merged it in with uh, the um, the slaughterhouse story, and it just like I said, like like Blood Moon River, it was just it was so effortless, really. I mean, everybody came together, and uh, and uh, we you know we and we just basically just went out and filmed it. I think what did we do it just on a couple of weekends. I mean, it wasn't it, it was quick. Slaughterhouse yeah. so two weekends, I think we did it in. Yeah. I mean, it was super fast. It was so it was, nice. But it was two weekends. Right. And yeah, it was, so that's that's how that came out. And then, uh, you know, that, like again, that was supposed to be the, you know, we were doing that as the, the second CD to the anthology. It's kind of like a bonus CD, and that's really how that happened. And I'm glad we made it a feature because it, uh, you know, it, it needed it. It's, it was a big story, and working Amber in. Um, as Stephanie Holly, um, uh, was has been a lot of fun. She's she's she's, I mean, she's a firecracker. She's really really fun to work with. And I think uh, you know Cameron had a nice uh, as as Martha had uh, some pretty funny moments with her um, in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment. That, that, that's for sure. We had a lot of fun, and uh, Cameron can elaborate on that if he wants. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, she, uh, um, in one manner of speaking, I guess you could say manhandles me to the point where uh, she, <laughs> she, 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 she hurts me, hurt me in such a way that I kind of, uh, <laughs> without giving it, giving it away, it, it leaves me a little bit less of a man in the end, is a good way of putting it. Uh, I, I, get, I get punished for the, the for the type of person I am. I'm kind of a peeping Tom, and uh, I, I, I get severely punished. And uh, yeah, I think I about like shattered my vo vocal cords screaming over the, the couple of takes we did where she, uh, make, like I said, makes me a little less of a man. <laughs> but it was fun. She, she, at first, I was a little scared of this crazy, you know, uh, you know, painted up clown girl with a knife to my, my throat and a knife to my my Johnson, so to speak. And, <laughs> but she she put me at ease. She's very very uh, professional girl, very very smart girl, and uh, she's a sweetheart. But I'll tell you what, when you see action, she she's she's all all business, and she brought it. I mean, she brought it. And she was she's she brought it, and she took it at the same time. <laughs> Amber is one of the most talented 
I'm gonna call her an artist that I know because she's so good at everything. I mean, yeah. she directs, she directs, she just she just does it all. She writes, and she's she's just she just goes with it, and she's not afraid to just push herself. And um, like Tom said, sure. action man, he fucking snaps right in, and it's like wow, you get you don't have to mess around with her. You you know you're gonna get what you need if you got Amber on the team. I might have regretted the the fact of, of, of telling her during one scene. I'm like, you know what, the scene when you got to hit me, I'm like, just go ahead and really hit me. It'll add something to it. That little girl can pack with quite a punch. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, please don't knock out the rest of my teeth. But, but you know, I, I, I kind of kid, but no, she um, she's great. I, I loved working with her. <laughs> um, because of my you called me for Cameron because you told me to really tackle you, and I broke a rib, I think, didn't I? Oh, God. Yes. This look did oh, yeah. my rib. <laughs> uh, so um, on uh, Blood Moon uh, River, the limited release, you released a short film called June uh, uh, from uh, uh, Rad Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Rad Entertainment uh, was released on the Snuff Party um, anthology, correct? Correct, yeah. Um, that is run by a guy called uh, Tony Walters. He's guy just local here. He kind of had a YouTube channel at the time when I met him, and I got invited to go on there because he did like a talk show kind of thing about The Walking Dead called Spawn Dead, and I met up with him there. He is also, um, because of, you know, meeting him, he's actually in Night of the Dolls. He's the drunk guy in the bar in Night of the Dolls, but... Uh, so I've known him a little bit here and there, just because he's kind of creative and does this stuff too around here. And I'm in a small town, so we kind of stand out. But he's now kind of our, uh, our kind of cinematographer for you know all of our projects. He did Slaughterhouse. He did Kill Daddy Kill, which is our uh, team up with Murphy Productions, Heidi Moore, and Troma. Uh, talk about that. <laughs> he's kind of our in-house cinematographer he helps with the editing he does all of like the visual effects in slaughterhouse that was tony so yeah he's part of the team as well now with right entertainment came also rebecca herb who was one of his kind of uh, uh like entertainers on the channel and she helps us to production management and she's the one in june she's the lead female and then i am the male so yeah that's how that kind of came about okay cool uh, now, ultimately, you got I I involved with uh, Kill Dally Kill, uh, 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 which is the second feature to uh, to uh, a film by H Heidi Moore. Why, why don't you tell me how you got involved with that film? Go ahead, Tom. What happened was um, I, I saw, I was just kind of <clears throat> cruising around on Facebook, and I saw this, uh, I don't know where I saw that, but I saw a little picture of a uh, for the movie uh, Dolly Deadly, and it's of uh, little Benji, uh, Justin Moore, uh, Heidi's son, um, uh, in the character, and he's got the mask on, and I wanted, whoa, that's a cool name, and that's a cool looking, I mean, the, the, the graphic was really cool, and I clicked on it, and I was kind of reading about it, and uh, it was just getting released, and I think you could, I think I got it, they had a video uh, on demand thing, it was like two ninety nine. you could buy it and watch it all you want, I was like, oh, alright, that's cool, but before I had a chance to even watch it, and, you know, I saw, it was, I was kind of seeing some clips of it, and and uh, just different things about it, and I thought, this is, 
this sounds cool. This looks cool. It just doesn't look cool, you know? And uh, I just happened to see a post from Heidi. I'm like, I didn't know her yet, obviously. And uh, she goes, somebody was talking about a part two, and she, and she wrote in a post, like, and she just, uh, she was, hey, yeah, I'm thinking about doing a part two. If there's any writers out there uh, that are interested, um, you know, uh, let me know. So uh, I wrote her, I, I private messaged her, and I just said, hey, uh, you know, my name's Tom Commissar, and I just basically spelled out, you know, who I was, and, you know, and kind of told her about HMM Films and all that stuff, and just so uh, she knew I was, you know, you know, not playing around. And I said, hey, I, you know, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to, uh, you know, work on part two. If you, if you give me the okay, I'll, uh, I'll start working on our first draft. And she's like, yeah, 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 go for it. Yeah, you know, let me know what's going on. Yeah, cool. Yeah, go for it. You know, so I was like, cool. So I watched Dolly Deadly. And I was, you know, and uh, I loved it. I just thought it was, I was like, this is a great movie. But I watched it like a bunch of times. You know, and then I started working on the idea of, you know, like, where she's going to go for that. Because in the first movie, basically, Benji grows up, becomes Dolly Deadly, and, you know, he's out on his own now. He's left the park. and Well, he's left his, he left when he was Benji, but then he grew up, and people didn't know where he was. And, he, you know, now it's a she or she don't release. <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know... And so she's out there now in the world as Dolly Deadly, and so we took it from there. I was like, okay, now, now, so I'm going to start a story from there. And I started writing it out and kind of going through my first draft. And for whatever reason, I was just like, every time I would get to a certain parts, I kept hearing songs in my head. Like I was like, I, like it was almost like you know, like Rocky Horror type, you know, uh, you know, uh, Hedwig and the, and the Angry Inch, you know, you know, Fan of the Paradise. Like I was hearing music, like sections like i could just see it like as a musical you know and then i was like i was already a couple weeks into it i, was, I had a bunch of stuff already written and i just i, I wore her back one morning i said look i don't know if you think i'm crazy or not just tell me to shut up and not do that <laughs> but i'm hearing songs in my head and i said i've got some ideas i said i used to play in a band i write songs i said you know what would you think about making this like a rock musical you know and then she wrote me back like you know I, you know, I'm on my time zone. I'm ahead of her. But when she like woke up, she obviously she got right back to me. You know, and it was like, oh my god, yes, I would love that. That would be awesome. Blah, 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 you know? And so we hit it right off. She's like, I love this. I love that. It was like all the same things I, I like. You know, it's like she goes, yeah, we could do something like that. So we kind of brainstormed a little bit more about that, and I just started writing some songs and uh, and putting the lyrics in the body of the script. And there were rough songs ideas. I was kind of humming them out on my on my guitar. You know, and just kind of showing her, like, you know, little rough ideas I had and telling her about it. And that's basically what happened, you know. And then, when she was like, you know, then I got, Dan, I go, look, you know, how, she's like, well, how are we going to do this? I need help making this. And I go, well, you know, I'm with HMM Films, and I'll get in with Dan, and, you know, so we'll, you know, why don't we, why don't we make this movie? And she's like, so that's what happened there with that. And I got Dan, and Dan got involved, and how Troma got involved. Is, yeah. I, I heard about that. There was a, it was the coolest thing. It was just she was doing she was doing her documentary More Blood. You know the documentary why people like are so into gore and all that stuff. And it was really cool. How did you guys about that? How did you how did you guys like being part of that? Oh my god! It was I loved it. I had so much fun doing that. That was because like we got together over at uh, at actually at the, the Rad Entertainment like headquarters office 
lose everything. And they hooked up the camera, and that, that was really the first time I actually got the face-to-face talk with Heidi. And she was interviewing us, and we just were having a blast. I was like, oh, my God, this was, it was fun. The questions were cool, and it was like we were just having a blast. And then, you know, me and Dan were just cutting up and making jokes and having fun. And we just had a ball. I mean, it was really cool. But what had happened was she was also interviewing Lloyd uh, Kaufman for, uh, the, uh, I don't know what day she did that on, but I guess... You know, I wasn't there for any of that. You know, she was doing that with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess during the interview, uh, Kill Dolly Kill came up. The idea of Dolly Deadly 2, she said, hey, look, uh, you know, we're, I'm working on it. I don't know exactly what she told him, but basically she wrote me back all excited. She's like, hey, I was talking to Lloyd after our interview on Skype, and he wants to read the script. And I go, well, send him the script. Shit, you know, because I'd already sent her a draft. So she, she sent him the script, and he read it. And got back with her and said, "Yeah, they're interested in being part of it. You know, they'd like to, you know, they'd like to work with us on it. They have, they have some ideas, and they're gonna have some meetings with Heidi. You know, I guess, you know, via Skype or telephone or whatever. And they, so between her and Lloyd and and that and and, Troma, and the Troma team, you know, they had a few suggestions that were just just some basic stuff they wanted to see in it too. And they got back, and so we we did a few drafts of the script, and that's really it. Just kind of happened." kind of organically and that's kind of you know and that's how they got involved and they've been great the whole time i mean it's been it was been it was like are you serious trauma ah! you know, yeah i mean you know it was the coolest news in the world and they've been nothing but cool we were really excited and uh make a long story short we got i don't need to get into everything but we filmed part of it, half of it in vegas first then we lost Vegas, and then we came back and shot the rest of it in winnemac here this year and then now, you know, it's in uh, post, and, uh, and Dan has been busting his rear end doing the editing on it. And uh, we had Sean uh, Daly uh, over at Mohawk Studio, and um, uh, he did all the, the all the work with me on the soundtrack, uh, getting the music and everything together. So the combination of everybody working together between Heidi and Trauma and Sean and Mohawk and Dan and, you know, Tony and everybody else, man, and, and, and Laura, I mean, we just, it, everybody's... This big team has come together, and it's been amazing. And uh, and the stuff I've seen Dan showing us little clips, I'm telling you, it's every bit as good as we thought it was going to be. I mean, I, you sit there and you watch these things, and we're so excited, and it's really coming. It's really, really coming together, and it's going to be a great movie. It's really coming together. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get the rough cut over to Trauma because they're going to love it. I mean, it's it is that good, and uh, I'm not just blowing our horn here. I'm just saying, hey, you know, as a team, everybody did their job, and it's and it's coming together like we had an unbelievable cast of characters, and it's the biggest thing we've ever done. And I couldn't be more proud. And I sometimes I sit there and I go, I can't even believe we did this. <laughs> I mean, I really can't believe it came out. You know, you know, as good as it did. I'm, I'm and I. This movie is going to blow some minds. It's really good, and I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of everybody involved, and I love them all. That's all I can, that's all I can say about it. Now, before I get into de- uh, death nurse, I just want to uh, ask uh, about uh, Sweet Little Holly. Um, uh, before we get... Uh, uh, is there anything you can tell me about that uh, as it's going into pre-production? Yes, yeah, Sweet Little Holly is something that, um, that we, we're working on with... Uh, kind of Amber, Amber's involvement as well. Um, we were hoping to shoot that this year, but we had to push that back, just getting Kill Dolly Kill done. It's like we, we really need to get that finished and get that over to them. But 
Yeah, it was kind of just based on the, the backstory of her clown character and how she became what she is and what kind of led her to this way. And it's a deep, very realistic, very gritty kind of story. It's not funny. It's not like the rest of the clown movies. It's going to be serious. Um, and, and then uh, it's it's not even, I don't know, it's kind of a standalone in a sense. But it's still, it's still being developed and tweaked. Uh, so maybe hopefully next year we'll finish that one and get back from that. But okay. yeah, it's exciting too. Cool. Um, now the death nurse. So uh, <laughs> now that I've seen that you've uh, uh, started to uh, go out, uh, go, uh, uh, in fact, the campaign is still going on as we speak. So uh, um, now, how did you go about and find some of your cast members so far? It's, it's again like heavy, but like Tom's keeps saying, like um, I don't. This thing is again taken on its own kind of. It's just on a, on a ride of its own too. People have come to us. We reached out to some people that we wanted to work with and, and work with again. And it's just without really putting out much about what what death care is. And when we first released the information, we didn't even put out the title. We just made it look like you were applying for a job at the Happy Home Healthcare Nursing. You know. Work. And uh, so we kind of kept it hush hush, but I guess, you know, it was it's kind of intriguing. The idea is a good one. We just leaked kind of a little tagline, which summed it up, which took us about two hours to write because we didn't want to give away too much about it. Um, but the cast is the cast so far is incredible, and uh, Lynn Lynn Lowry, we've been talking to for a while, who we have attached to this one. Um, we were talking to her about uh, when we were working on another project, and she's just really, really nice, and uh, we we kind of wanted to have her involved. So uh, that's how she came about for this one. But uh, yeah, it's uh, we're really excited about this. And like Tom said earlier, it's just we did have other stuff in mind that we that we've been working on. Uh, that once Cameron came out and gave us the script, we all agreed. This is we just have to do this next as far as the next feature the next you know big project that we're doing which you know we hope to shoot with most of this next year but yeah it's just kind of taken on its own thing and it just happened really quickly and uh we're really planning on it where really, we like to work out that quick there you go you have any plans for uh, when you're going to start production for it yeah we hope what we've done is broken down into two just two main shoots um, just because of what's happening in the story, like there's, it can be broken up into two different things. So what we're hoping to do is shoot some of it in, in this November. So we're, we'll have some stuff to show and kind of put out and let people see. And then the rest of it, we're hoping to finish up the main kind of story part of it in the spring. Okay. Awesome. Um, Cameron, uh, were you planning on uh, acting in the film at all? Uh, yes, um, I'm, I got a role that I'm going to play is, uh, no pun intended, near and dear to my heart, since the uh, uh, heart is at the center of the story, <laughs> so to speak, but um, yes, uh, I was actually, actually um, got even a, a small part in uh, Sweet Holly, as, as well as uh, another kind of bad guy character. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I, like, I like playing characters with some... some uh, some bad guy, some bad guy qualities into him. There's no fun in playing uh, uh, good guys. There's no fun in that at all. Um, Very cool. 
So um, ultimately, um, uh, from what I can see, um, Cameron, you're also going to be um, part of a another uh, a film called Now That's Love. Yeah, that's actually a project that I've been writing and uh, co-writing with uh, St. Uh, Thomas, or Anthony St. Thomas, um, who is the husband of Monique Dupree, who is also going to be in uh, the, the film Death Care. Um, it's, uh, we've been actually kind of writing it back and forth. I kind of write a chapter, he writes a chapter of it. It's a story about a, uh, seri uh, a serial killer, a female ser serial killer who is being taught the ropes by her... Uh, uh, kind of her uh, serial killing mother. <laughs> it's this. It's got a little bit, of, a little bit of Dexter in it, a little bit of uh, a little bit of Breaking Bad with some nefarious kind of characters that are always up to no good. But that's probably going to not not shoot until next summer. Next, or maybe this, you know, maybe this time next year, maybe even in the fall. It's nothing that we're really in uh, a big hurry for, but we've been kind of, you know, I write five or ten pages, I send it off to Saint, and then he writes five or ten pages, and he sends it off to me, and we've been kind of going back and forth just to kind of write write a, a really nice, meaty role for Monique, who, who also co-starred in Postmortem American, I've gotten to be good friends with, and she's just always wanted kind of to play this kind of character and since I've been down and out you know and I can't really get out and drive or travel anywhere with the illness that, that I have uh, you know it's given me loads of time <laughs> to do some writing so it's like I've taken on uh, several writing projects you know like one of them being death care which is the quickest thing that I've ever wrote I've never sat down and just like in three weeks like written a full script from you know from start to finish usually it's a couple of month process for me but that one uh, I kind of I guess you could say I kind of lived the story, so it was much easier to write. Okay. Uh, and uh, I see another project uh, here called Kingsbury uh, that you're starting to become uh, a part of. Uh, is there anything you can tell me about that? I figured I'd let you have some some air time. So. Um, Kingsbury is a, um, actually, I met uh, the co-writer and co-creator of that, uh, James, while I was making uh, Blood River for uh, Dan and Tom, and that's something that we're also co-writing together. But the the, the problems the problem with getting that one finished and kind of uh, out and about is that uh, uh, James and I both have kind of had our, our again health problems and whatnot. So it's kind of just you know it's been a long gestating project. We've been working on it for about a year and a half, but. James and I have been doing it back and forth. We want to do it as it's basically a found footage uh, ghost hunter film. Okay. You know, and kind of and it's centered around a real area that was uh, more prominent and in, in, um, used by the army and whatnot. It's Kingsbury, Indiana, and he actually, if he was on here, he could tell you a little bit more about it because he knows about the location. Okay. But it's a, a real, real life haunted area, which I kind of do believe that there are some areas that are haunted. I know some people do and don't believe in that, but. Uh, but I, I've seen too many things in my life that, that say that it doesn't exist. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's it's been kind of kind of fun to have these writing projects because you know when you're physically unable to be able to travel and do a whole lot, it doesn't take a whole lot of physical exertion to put a pen to a, a notebook paper or to, or to type at a keyboard. So but so it's been great to have that creative outlet. Awesome. 
Uh, well, I appreciate all of you being able to come on, and uh, I, I know I was a, a little hectic about getting started, but uh, but uh, thank you all for uh, uh, coming on. It was a pleasure for uh, uh, to speaking with all of you, and uh, hopefully this helps uh, once I get the audio out. Uh, it helps with your campaign, it helps with your future campaigns, and I'll I'll give you each a download of, with my cool intro that I've created for it afterwards. So, uh, uh, appreciate it. It was awesome. I had a great time. It was fun. <laughs> I had an awesome time shooting the shit, guys. It was great. Yeah, thank you, Glenn. Thank you, You know what else? People like us out there, and everybody appreciates people like you. At the end here, I let uh, I'll, I'll let you guys plug where uh, where 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 you can find your your stuff if you wanted to uh, uh, t uh, tell where people can. Uh, find your information where you can find your films and what uh, what whatnot. Uh, so uh, why don't I start with uh, you, Daniel? Where can we find your stuff? Basically, I mean, everything's very easy to find. Just go to hmmfilms.com. Uh, same for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. But everything we do is on the website. Try to update that a couple times a week. Um, if you're interested in looking into death care. And some of the people that we have involved with, that's hmmfilms.com slash deathcarearmy, but you can link to it right from the homepage too. So yeah, everything's right there. Awesome. <laughs> and Cameron, um, uh, where can we find your information? Can we find it on Facebook? Yeah. Uh, you can find me at uh, Cameron J. Scott uh, on Facebook, uh, Quattro Venti Scott Productions, uh, also on Facebook. I continuously post on that and uh, Twitter and whatnot. Uh, I don't have an official, face, uh, official website right now. I'm in the midst of uh, kind of revamping and doing a new one. But if you need to find out about any of my past films or future ones, you can look up, uh, like uh, Dan said, for the Death Care Army. That's pretty much where all my energy is going towards right now. But if you look at Quattro Venti Scott Productions, you can find just about everything you need to know. Awesome. Um, so, um, uh, thank you, uh, thank you once again, and I appreciate your time. And uh, hopefully, uh, 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 you, you who are out there who either were listening or are going to listen, comment down below, uh, below if you have any que uh, que questions to ask these guys. I'm sure I can forward them to uh, uh, to these gentlemen. And uh, um, I definitely have some uh, very cool reviews coming out. Um, um, Definitely uh, check out this week um, on Inside Movies Galore, where uh, uh, the the crew and I are going to be visiting uh, Return of the Living Dead two this week. So, so definitely keep a list, uh, listen for that this Tuesday around nine p.m. Central. Uh, we will be discussing it. So, in any case, uh, uh, check out, like, and subscribe the page, and uh, enjoy these crazy films if you can find them uh, for your own enjoyment. Uh, in any case, everyone, uh, everyone, uh, say good night, everyone. Good night, everyone. Okay. <laughs> Thank, Thank you for having us on. We appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Larry. This is my brother Daryl. That's my other brother Daryl.